Too black, too strong. Too black, too strong. I won't deny it. I'm a straight rider. You don't wanna fuck any character approach me, I let the streets get the best of me, infamy, my destiny. Oh, Chain one, hit me. Bitch, don't kill my vibe. Bitch, don't kill my vibe. Play it open. The scene on the half spotted them more than once. Ass so fat that you can see it from the front. You fuck off my money, don't cop no fleas. Cause I'm a real nigga to fuck with. Also known as the student hip hop here today with the Falsetto Hip Hop Show. And today, hip hop is giving me some heavy topics. <laughs> so, I just want to say happy Thursday, everybody. Just trying to get close to this weekend. Got a little trip going on. I'm supposed to be going to Flagstaff. So, I'm going to let y'all know how this goes. Hopefully, you hear from me on Monday. There's a hell of white people up there, and you never know what may happen. But that's all for me. Now let's get into the news. So, for our positivity today, we got Brand Nubian. Brand, <clears throat> Brand Nubian is getting their own unsung. I'm not sure if it's actually out yet. I don't have TV One, but that's what it's going to be yet. For one, I'll say two things. One, I didn't know they were still doing unsungs. I like them. I haven't watched one in a long time, but they're good. And I like how they dive into everybody and they really get into some of the family elements, speaking with different family members and such. That's always really good. But two, Brand Nubian was an interesting way to go. Brand Nubian had a very had a very pivotal part in in hip hop and in, in the knowledge of self and and really bringing that intelligence to hip-hop. Not that hip-hop wasn't intelligent already, but it, it brought it on a different level. It brought it on a on a spiritual level. It brought it on a a very black, very uh, pan-African type roots level. Which is also why I, I love listening to Lord Jamar. Uh, Lord Jamar, um, I know he's got his own... Uh, it's not, I'm sorry, it's Godcast. He's got his Godcast. Uh, and also the little rants he would do on DJ Vlad. I'm not a fan of DJ Vlad. DJ Vlad, actually, if you didn't, I never mentioned this before, but he's actually my motiva- one of my motivations to get to get this show going was because I didn't like motherfuckers like him airing out our people. You know, people kept going on that on his show for the promo, and I get it because you get on there and you get no less than at least fifty thousand people putting their eyes on you, on your video, on your content. But comes with that is is it really worth it if you you got people criminating themselves and everything? And I really just didn't like that shit. I wasn't feeling that shit. 
So, and in all respect to Lord Jamar, because I still appreciate his input and his input on hip hop, because he does have to, he does have to check a lot of motherfuckers whether it was Black Dot really is this dope, which I thought was crazy. I didn't know there were people out there that were questioning the lyricism of Black Dot. Also, I'm also kind of tired of people trying to do the Black Dot freestyle. Every single freestyle, not every single, a lot of these freestyles on Funk Flex's show, motherfuckers keep trying to do 10 minutes. If you don't have 10 minutes worth of bars, please don't do 10 minutes. Like that truly had 10 minutes of solid music. You could pick out, you could, li- you could listen to his freestyle from any point, whether you started at one minute, three minutes, seven minutes, or nine minutes. All of them were good. All of them, there was no drop off. I see some guys do it, and the middle's kind of good, and the beginning's rough, and the end's rough, or the, the beginning's really good, and then it just dies down. And I'm I'm not gonna say anybody's names because that just be rude. And some of these guys and some of the people that are doing it are very good, which is why I hate that they're trying to do ten minutes. And I'll be much happier when when they stop. Actually, I'll go ahead and say a name. There's one guy and I never listened to him before, but his name's Mickey Fax. And I seen he kept trying to get on the show. He kept trying to to hit up Funk Flex to try and get on the show. And I was like, I don't know who this cat is. I listened to his freestyle. And the first three minutes he comes out with fire, I was super impressed. I was like, oh, shit, this cat's dope. And then I was like, okay, he, I'm like, okay, he can wrap it up now. This was my thought around the four-minute mark. So you wrap it up right now. It's a dope freestyle. And then he got to six minutes. And I was like, okay, this isn't stopping anytime soon. And then it got to seven minutes and 30 seconds, and I said, okay, he's trying to go for 10 minutes. Nah, fam, we're not doing that. Royce, even Royce, Royce, they they made it 10 minutes just for aesthetic purposes, which this will be my little two sets because I, I didn't actually talk about it. They made the they made his freestyle video. They made the video 10 minutes so that it appeared his freestyle was 10 minutes. But throughout it, they talk for like a minute or 30 seconds and, and shit like that. Or he said, Fleck, why you make me do this? Why you make me do this? I was chilling at home. Yeah, we understand. We understand. And then a lot of the lines he used, not a lot, at least probably a third of the was stuff he had, that was on the album that came out. So then when I heard the album, I was kind of like, eh. It, it, it was part of what killed the Prime album for me. Also, I loved Prime 2, but it was no comparison on Prime 1. Prime 1 was a thousand times better. And... DJ Premier made sure to say why in some of the interviews. Because they've been doing interviews together, Royce and DJ Premier. And apparently it was a producer, Ant-Man Wonder, 
a producer of, I think he's on Shady, which is Eminem's label, or I don't know if he's one of Royce producers that rolls with him. Either way, he did he did the beats, and the premiere just made the shit sound good. So said, oh, okay, because these didn't really sound. These had a premiere sound on them, but they didn't sound like premiere beats. It was very loosely, but you could kind of tell these weren't handcrafted by premiere. At least most of them couldn't. But nonetheless, it was still a good album. I saw they get they were giving plugs to other rappers in New York too, and. I, we didn't need, I could have done, I could do without the Yellow Wolf feature. I, I'm sorry, I could do with it. You you take the Prime brand and you put Yellow Wolf on it. I'm done. I'm done with it. But ultimately, my original point is, big fan of Laura Jamar, not a fan of E.J. Vlad, and not a fan of 10-minute freestyles. So I'll leave it at that. But I'm going to give you one more rant. Because Nicki Minaj put out two new songs today. It's like, what? I know we haven't heard music from Nicki in a long time. And I wasn't going to listen to it because I hate singles. The only reason I listened to it was because this shit was trending fucking Nicki Day. And then she did the songs by herself, no features. So I said, okay, I got to hear this. Because I've been kind of on the train, too, that, you know, she doesn't necessarily write her old thing. She doesn't necessarily write everything. And when I finished listening to the songs, I had to take a step back. Because earlier today, I also happened to listen to a title playlist. And it was just the Drake. It's all the songs that Drake has been on were put out so far 2018. So like it had the song with uh Block Boy or what's his name? Yeah, I think it's I think it's Block Boy looking live. It had his the remix of Lemons with Rihanna and NERD. It had God's Plan, Diplomatic Community, the feature with Trouble. So it had those on it. And I started to think and I started to look at some of the similarities between Nicki Minaj and Drake and, and promise I'll get back to my to my rant. I'm gonna incorporate this. And I started looking at some of the similarities of Nicki Minaj and Drake, because Nicki Minaj said in her song, would only sign to Jay, but Wayne got it handmade for us. And then I started thinking about their situation. Obviously they both came out at around the same time. Both have achieved mega level star status where these motherfuckers can't walk into a Circle K anywhere and not get instantly noticed like Drake, Nicki Minaj. Because I can tell you right now that ass I could see from a mile away. And if I saw it from a mile away, I'd be running a mile. And it'd be the fastest mile you ever see my ass running. And I'd be over there, not a drop of sweat on me like, hey, what's up? I heard you single. That's what's up. But that, that's just me. And either way, and I'm sure, and there's no less than 10,000 females that would, fuck 10,000, 100,000 females that would do the exact same thing for Drake. But with that said, 
both have been accused of not writing their own music. Both have been accused of make. Both have gotten megastar status. Both come from Wing. Both have strategically used features to maintain their reign on top. So they always use features to bridge the time between projects. Sometimes the projects may be just a song. Sometimes it may be an actual album. So if you see with Drake, even just this year alone, the Block Boy feature bridged the gap from last July to him putting out God's plan in the diplomatic community. And now these other features and this song is going to bridge to wherever album is going to come out, whatever he's going to put that album out. And also, they both have avoided, those both have been very strategic as far as when the albums come out. They both do the, the releases where they just drop the shit without telling you. Some do, sometimes they do promo, sometimes not, but they both do the mystery drops. But, more, but probably most significant, both have used the mystique of not necessarily being consistently in the public eye, which is not new, but both have strategically used enemies and quote-unquote beefs to also elevate them and maintain their and maintain and also elevate them so for example cardi b and Nicki minaj although Nicki minaj came out and she did her interview i haven't listened to her interview yet but i heard little clips and she was saying that there wasn't really necessarily a strife between her and Cardi B, but it was put there. And I kind of believe that. I believe that a lot of that was manufactured. But that was what Nicki Minaj wanted because she could have she could have squashed that she could have squashed that shit with a couple tweets or Instagram posts or a song. But no, she did. She wanted to let it perpetuate and keep going while she was being AWOL from social media, which is fine. But she let it keep going and it, it carried her. It carried her because obviously the her music was still getting played and her fans were still there for support. I even saw there was even a time last year when boat where when Bodak Yellow was trying to get that number one spot and it was super close. It was super close. And Nicki Minaj fans were intentionally not listening to Cardi B and we're listening to Taylor Swift instead so that Cardi B streams will go down. And we're saying Nicki Minaj couldn't have cleared that shit up and said, nah, 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 fuck y'all. Don't do that. Listen to her music. Listen to her music. And in my personal opinion, this doesn't sound any different than the Meek Mill shit. Yeah, Meek Mill went popping off. And start talking shit, say he doesn't write, he doesn't write, doesn't write. And that, that may be true or not. It's probably true. I I I would doubt. He doesn't write everything. I'm sure he writes some stuff, but he doesn't write everything. And I'm sure he's got writers there to fix his shit and make it sound better. But that's fine. There's, there's no problem with that. And I'm sure the human has the same thing. And there's a lot of rappers that have the same thing. And my personal opinion, I'm not against rappers having writers. 
And I'm going to loop back to this later because at the end of the day, this is entertainment. And at the end of the day, it's about the profession itself is entertainment. But as long as you don't, as long as you're not detrimental to the culture itself, I don't have any issues with it. We try to, we want to see people like Drake, Nikki, Meek, and most recently SZA, Kendrick, Jay-Z. We want to see them win awards like Grammys. We, we say it's not important because it's not important to our own self-esteem or our own, I forget the exact word, validation. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily provide that for ourselves. And those rappers, I'm guessing most of them, they don't need that to let them know that they're putting out good music. But what it is, is a lot of money. Because there's a lot more money that comes associated with winning these awards. And that's what I want to see hip-hop begin to do. If what it takes is for five people to write Drake songs and shit like that, for him to win a Grammy, all right, then do it. I ain't mad. I think he, I don't know if he has a Grammy yet or not, but it, hopefully you understand what I'm trying to gather from this. All these other people that go up there, Bruno, Bruno went up there to accept his Grammy Award with 15, 20 guys that all were that all had very significant portions of the album. They literally needed all 15, 20 of those guys. Plus more that probably just didn't go on stage and were just brought in for extra work. Whether they may have just been coming to play an instrument or whatever. 15. Jay-Z's album had two guys. That was it. Him and no ID. Any nobody else. Nobody else to do it. So I just thought it was interesting the similarities between Drake and Nicki Minaj because it, it kind of actually improved the way Nicki Minaj is viewed in my eyes. Because I've never not liked her, but I've never, I don't really listen to her music. I can't really tell you I could probably name a couple songs but I couldn't tell you any lines from any of the songs but the singles she put out today were good now my personal thing about singles is is I like full albums I like this I like the effort that gets put into sequencing albums like the way Kendrick Lamar's damn was. It was sequenced to go in order to tell a story. To make your mind work. Which is why we were able which is why they were able to come up with the theories of the second album that was supposed to come out the next week. And even he admitted it was right. But then put out the deluxe album that went backwards. Which I find funny because he put out a deluxe album. It was the exact same album, but just changed the order. That's a crazy way to, to get your sales up. That's a crazy way to get your sales. Normally with deluxe albums, you put a couple extra songs on there for people. Like Chris Brown put a deluxe version of his 50 song album and added like six more songs. 
even Takashi Six Nine put out a deluxe album of his own crappy album and added more songs. Can you just flip this shit? But nonetheless, I'm not really in my I'm not really a guy that likes playlists a lot. I'm okay with I'm okay with the tempo being sort of up and down. Have a high energy song and got a chill song. Sometimes I, because it gives me the option, I can either sort of tune out the lyrics and just kind of have the music playing, or I can intensely listen. Sure, it's not good for partying, but that's, not, that's my preferred method is albums. So when I listen to the single, it bugs me, especially when some of these singles aren't on the albums or they're on the albums, but usually because it's a mainstream radio single, it's sequenced awkwardly. So like the Sahai the Prince out Sahai the Prince his album, he had the song that side on there, and it didn't really fit anywhere well in his album, and it was really obvious that it didn't fit in there well. So then, I'd rather just listen to the album all the way around rather than just listen to the single, because I want to just hear when I want to hear Sahai I want to hear ten I want to hear ten fifteen twenty Sahai songs. All in a row. Good, mediocre, or bad. That's when I listen to all those in a row. If I want to skip, I'll skip. So then I end up this clicking one single and then jump into another single and jump into another single. Like, I don't even know how to listen to these two Nicki Minaj singles one right after another without going on my phone. I play one and it doesn't automatically go to the next single. I got to click and go to the next single. But nigga, I'm not doing all that. Just let this shit play. Let me run. So I will, I refuse to listen to people's singles. I will just wait till the shit's on the album. If it's not on the album, I might listen to it in passing, but I'm not going to put any effort into it. Just give me the album. Which is why I love it. I love some of these mystery drops because I don't have to go through the whole bullshit of a single. Just let the single come out of it later. The Migos album, the Migos album, it had they had it had a single obviously, but they got four they got four or five singles off the album from just the album itself. That just they just promoted after when they made sure that people like people like this shit. All right, cool, run with it. People like this shit. Okay, cool, run with it. And I'm fine with that. I get my own satisfaction from listening to the album. And I said, that shit's a banger. That shit's a banger. Like, I was so proud of me when I was, I don't know how old it was. I think I was like 10 or 11. And 50 Cent's Massacre album. And the song, Just a Little Bit. I want to burn your pants just a little bit. Take them off, put them down just a little bit. If you haven't listened to that song, listen to that song. It's dope. And I was like, this shit is just as, this shit is almost as jamming as, as the candy shop. I like this song better. Month later, music video for it, all the promotion goes into it. I was like, yeah, that's what the fuck I thought. That was the good song. I was listening to that shit first. Now everybody else is listening to that shit and want to talk to me about that song. I was like, fuck you. I was listening to that song a month ago. But whatever. That's just my own ego. Okay. So one of the headlines I've been seeing is was from Remy Ma. Because obviously, 
uh, Cardi B came out as pregnant, so that's kind of been the story lately. Uh, but Remy Ma's quote has been kind of getting a lot of attention. This is exactly what her quote said. She said, quote, I'm crying real tears, happy tears. For so many years, they've made us women feel like we had to pretend to be single, pretend to not have a real life, and put our lives on hold to entertain the masses. End quote. So it also said, meanwhile, you feel trapped in your own body, a prisoner to your career, and so unhappy when you're supposed to be having the time of your life. Cardi B, I am so happy you are free to hashtag queen shit, hashtag congratulations on everything. Now, I'm not going to say Remy Ma is wrong, but she's because she's not. But I think the approach needs to be different. And and pregnancy is a very important issue that doesn't really get talked about. Um, But I I would venture to guess that this isn't necessarily the way it's written. It seems like it's it's more tailored to the relevance of being pregnant than hip hop because Remy Ma has had her own battles that she's gone through with miscarriage and a lot of other different things. But nonetheless, the her the piece that I wanted to touch on is she said uh, and put our lives on hold to entertain the masses. Unfortunately, I don't want to sound like a dick, but you chose to be a, a rapper. So you are entertaining others that that is the profession you chose that's not specific to hip hop because the headlines i've been reading have been reading that this is aimed at hip hop and it's not because you could be a part of hip hop and not be necessarily entertaining people if you're making beats you're kind of inter- entertaining people you're kind of not if you're a dj but you are entertaining people you're actually in front of people playing the music you could be an engineer. You're not entertaining people. You could be a choreographer. And you're not entertaining people. You're entertaining people, but you're not. And when I say you're not, you're not because people don't necessarily care what you're doing. People don't care what the choreography is doing, what the choreographer is doing. They care about the people doing the choreography on stage. That's the difference. So it's difficult for me to sympathize with the way this is worded about entertaining the masses because that is your job. But there is an issue of pregnancy in the workplace in general. I've worked, I work, you know, in banking, the Wells Fargo, B of A. I've worked at FedEx uh, and a lot of other jobs. And women getting pregnant is always kind of an unwritten rule. When some companies you work at where you're a little bit of a lower level employee. You don't always come back to a job when you get pregnant. And if you come back to a job, it's not promised how much longer you'll have that job because you're kind of looked at as you left the people hanging because now the manager still has to eat the money from it. And I'm sure a lot of you women listening have 
had maybe uh, you yourself or a friend or a family member that's gotten pregnant and continually works through the pregnancy, which is fine. I think it's great to work through your pregnancy, but I don't think it's necessarily okay that you finally get to the point where you have your baby and then you come back from having your baby and either one, you don't get maternity leave at all, or two, you take the maternity leave and now you're targeted because of it. It's the same thing that happens with injuries. And yes, and people are concerned about their brand. People are concerned about how out of commission you are. If I'm the company, if I'm, say, Kellogg's and Cardi B is supposed to do some cereal for me and she's having her baby that day and I'm trying to get this bitch to take the photo shoot so we could have whatever promotional items so I could get the fucking... Cardi B little action figure put in the box of cereal, whatever the case may be. If you're not, I want you to be available 24-7. And perhaps that's the issue more so. Perhaps maybe it's more so related to getting better deals and more deals that are more flexible and more open to you. And that's just a matter of going into negotiations with good representation. Change the cool to cop, but what's more important is lawyer fees, quote Jay-Z. So my take on this is, Remy Ma, you're not wrong. But you must take control of the situation. And I'll give you examples of people taking control of the situation. DJ Khaled and Cardi B. DJ Khaled, with his son Khaled, DJ Khaled made... His name, let me phrase, he didn't make his name. He already had his name, but he wasn't necessarily a household name. He wasn't regularly mentioned. If I said, do you know who TJ Cout is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the one on that does the songs and he has the little thing that goes, DJ Khaled. That was kind of what everybody knew of DJ Khaled. He did the Little Wayne and Rick Ross and Rick Ross songs. That was kind of all he's really known for. And and apparently he got fucked out of some money from, from Baby, from Baby Birdman. And he was kind of left straggling. And he was able to use Snapchat to build up his profile. And, and ultimately actually build up Snapchat too. That gave Snapchat a lot. And it gave them a direction on how to handle different promotional events. Because it showed Snapchat what they needed. It showed Snapchat where it could be used where they were weak, where they were strong, and how they could improve. So that's a major part of DJ Khaled that doesn't even get talked about. But aside from that, now he's very high profile now to the point where he's touring with Demi Lovato and Kehlani. Shout out to Kehlani. I love her Sweet Sexy Savage album. But he's touring with those two, and he's he's just a DJ. Not saying that DJs can't do shows, but very impressive. Very impressive. I'll just say that. Considering their music is, is all different. It's not a similar type music. It's all different music. But DJ Khaled used his son and, I'm, and I, I don't mean used in a negative connotation. I mean, he took his son that was already here. He's known for showing you his day-to-day life. So he can't go through his day-to-day life and not show you his son he can, but it's obvious that he's hiding it. 
So now when we get the opportunity to see his son, we're going to snap. Paparazzi's going to snap any picture of him. They're going to get any story they can. Any story that people can juice out of DJ Khaled's son. If the son would, if he was hiding his son, people would have. But he put his son so out there that he got to control the narrative. He got to control. Assad is a producer, an executive producer. Assad is curating music. Obviously, Assad is, isn't fucking curating music. But he put that out there. And now we kind of take that and we, we're talking about it and we're running with it. So now he just steered the conversation in his way and put his son in a positive light. Cardi B. Cardi B showed that she could continue to work and do and not miss a beat while being pregnant. Sure, we can argue that maybe she would be able to do more promotional stuff if she was pregnant. But there's no shortage of people that that know who Cardi B is at this point. At at work where I work, I work with the squarest motherfuckers you have ever seen. I brought up Nicki Minaj's name that uh about her album about her songs. People said, huh, Nicki Minaj? I brought up Cart then I brought up Cardi B and they're like, oh, yeah, 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 Cardi B, Cardi B. She did da-da-da-da, and she was da-da-da-da, and she was here, here, here. And I said, wow. Wow. But Cardi B, I don't know if she did it before she got pregnant, knowing she was going to get pregnant, or once she realized she was pregnant, she planned out how she was going to do her run without dropping off. She made sure that even though she was pregnant, she was going to be doing SNL, Jimmy Fallon, da 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 da. She had time allocated. She had a strategic schedule, planned dates, everything, deadlines that she had to meet, and she made sure to meet those. So it wasn't like she was pregnant and it's like, okay, now we don't hear from Cardi B anymore, which is possible. But she was able to maintain by making sure she had she had it planned and she didn't run into any problems. But the thing is, is when you have a baby and you're a famous entertainer, you're going to run into problems irregardless. Jay-Z and Beyonce's baby is probably the most popular baby that there ever was. Obviously not the most popular because you have the Barack Obama's family. But nonetheless, that's probably top 10 as far as children being known. And he they've they've done well to give small doses and and maintain being hidden with the security. And that's just one way to go. But even he still runs into scenarios where Kanye West talks about his kid. TMZ talks about his kid. And it's kind of just the nature of the issue. It's just the nature of the game. Um, and I'll give a little congratulations too to G Herbo, who also had a baby. But he literally just had his son, just put pictures of and motherfucker's already mispronouncing his son's name. It is kind of weird. His son's name is Yosan. So it's pronounced Y O S O H N. 
So S-O-H-N, like John. So it's like, yo, John, but instead of yo, John, it's yo, son. It's not the name I would have picked. I'll just say that. And I, that's kind of my take on, on Remy Ma's quote and I think how how it can be approached, pregnancy, and just the just your work life as a whole. So now speaking specifically of entertainers, more and I'll get more in depth now. Bow wow. Bow wow, or if you prefer Shad Moss. Shad Moss did an interview on The Breakfast Club. And he got the opportunity to dissect things that we've kind of deduced from his life and and different social media antics, whether it was the Bow Wow Challenge last year where he acted like he was on a private jet and he wasn't. All this bullshit. Um, And he's become to me... Very Joe Budden-esque. As far as antics go. He said on the interview that he doesn't ever talk to his baby mama. He specifically only talks to his daughter who's seven. Or he talks to the grandmother. And I said, okay. Seems a bit unhealthy. But it happens. People Sometimes people have relationships that they care necessarily mend out can't really mend right now and then I didn't realize that he had tweeted before suicidal type tweets where it seems like that was something he was contemplating I guess he tweeted suicide spelled backwards and people figured out that that's what he was thinking about and and I said okay wow the must really have a lot going on. And and I don't want to seem ignorant, but his response was kind of his response was kind of showboaty. Showboaty, but accurate. So he, when he was asked about it, he said, I've already done everything. I've already gone everywhere. I've already seen the world. I was like, okay, well, that makes sense. He's been famous since he was 10, something like that. He's He's been a rapper since he was 10. So it makes sense that he has seen the world multiple times. He was a hit rapper. I had his album. I had multiple of his albums. I had some of the singles up until he was like 18 or 20. And the thing is, is we say money can't buy you happiness and it's true but we don't always know what that looks like we don't always know what it's literally like to have millions of dollars and then get to the point where we're still not happy and still contemplating suicide many of us don't have the opportunity we, we still feel that this should solve our issues. So it almost feels like Bow Wow is kind of thinking in that same mode where, okay, I'm rich, but I don't feel happy. 
And with the information he already gave us with him and his baby mama, he's saying he's saying that he's happy and he has peace. He's happy and he's at peace, but clearly he's not. Clearly he's not. When you're happy and you're at peace, you can mend relationships with people. And Jay-Z showed us that. He mended relationships with virtually everybody. Even down to Jazzo, Fat Joe, everybody dipset. The only person we really haven't really seen is Dame Dash. And Dame Dash response was he was too busy. Which may, may be accurate. Maybe he just is too busy and doesn't really want to give the time and energy to Jay-Z so that they could post a picture about, you know, them just hugging it out. That may be the case. And I totally buy that. <laughs> but the other thing is Bavo has accomplished a lot. I will give him that. He's had number one albums. He's had number one songs, movies. His movie, my grandma, my nanny was watching Lottery Ticket last week. I remember when that movie first came out and I saw it in theaters. My nanny's watching that and she fucking loved it. I said, wow. And then I forget, oh shit. Bow Wow did host 106 in Park. And then Bow Wow even proves he was a part of death row. Forgive me. I was one of the people saying, fuck out of here, Baba. But Daz and Corrupt even came out themselves and said, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how he got the name Bow Wow, because he was part of DPG or was supposed to be part of DPG. But then Death Row had all the issues that they had. And we still haven't even gotten to Bow Wow getting knocked out. You know, motherfucker just came on him and just wailed on him because he was talking greasy about future. And he said there was a miscommunication. So that sounds like getting bitch made to me. Future has you not future has you assaulted. Fuck. He said he wasn't punched. He said he was tackled. Nonetheless, future had you assaulted and fucked your baby mama. And you just said, oh, it was bad communication. Really? Sounds like a Travis Scott move to me. But it, it, it kind of, but ultimately this kind of hurts. This kind of hurts me. I really hope Bow Wow can get to a better place where he can't speak to his baby mama, where he doesn't have this conflict with Jermaine Dupree. I don't really understand why this conflict with Jermaine Dupri. He he hasn't really he doesn't really dig into that too much. He just kind of says JD's my man. I'm the only one that can play with him. And when I say play with him, can mess around. He's the only one that can say stuff to Jermaine Dupri that nobody else can say. And I believe that. But I do believe that there's certain people, there's certain things that people don't want said to them at all. There's no nonsense types of people. And obviously Jermaine Dupree is one of them by his success and his accolades. 
So it wouldn't make sense to me at all that Jermaine Dupri would like people speaking to him that way, which would make sense why when Bow Wow is asked, was asked about his last couple albums and asked about Jermaine Dupri, he says, oh, he listened to it. Listen to it. Nigga, we want Jermaine Dupri production. Jermaine Dupri, I think, was put is put in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And that's some white shit. But he's earned it. Two, two, three times over, he's earned it. But I think I think this is symptomatic of a bigger systemic issue that we still kind of have in hip hop where we we highlight the life of fucking bitches and and get getting money and that's all we have on our minds is bitches than the money or money than the bitches. And I love that shit too. That, that I've listened to that shit. My first album was too short. You can't tell me about nothing but money and bitches. But Too Short also gave you the game, too. Let you know there's money in the ghetto. Yeah, people may not necessarily be millionaires, but the money is there. The happiness is there. The richness is there. Being rich isn't only about money. So that's just my point on it. I really want everybody to... to to be on a, a higher plateau, be at a higher spiritual level where this shit just falls underneath them. And everybody that I mentioned today is going through is going through some shit and really fighting through it, whether whether it's Remy Ma, Nicki Minaj, Cardi B, Jay-Z, G Erbo, Bow Wow. And I said Bow Wow is Joe Budden-esque. Joe Budden goes through his own shit. Your boy just happens to be hotter than fish grease right now. Very impressive. Very impressive. So that's just my rant. Those are my rants for today, everybody. Appreciate you listening and tuning into another episode of the Falsetto Hip Hop Show. This is Daniel Ty, D Ty 90, also known as the Student of Hip Hop, and I'm out.